Hello and welcome to the Golden Wheel Tavern. Do you notice something different? Something in the air? A little more pure? Not as dark and dreary? No? Oh well. A paladin was in here earlier, using their divine sense and holy powers to make sure there were no spirits or demons or devils lingering in the shadows of my tavern. Since I'm now 100% confident there are no prying eyes or ears from the abyss listening in, Let's discuss the people who made this piece possible. The Paladin. The Paladin has a long history in D&D, but in 5e, they are a varied and interesting class. A Paladin is a divine warrior, but they aren't as deeply tied to a deity as a cleric. A Paladin's power comes from their oath, a sacred promise made by the Paladin, typically to stand up against the forces of evil and wrongdoing in the world. I do say typically, as we'll cover the paladin's reputation and how that can be subverted. The oath a paladin takes is the most important, most sacred thing in the paladin's life. It is what brings the paladin their power, the sacred abilities that make the paladin what they are, a warrior devoted to their belief, and usually that belief is in righteousness and the virtue of goodness as a whole. Typically, this is supported by the paladin being devout to a good deity, but that doesn't mean a paladin has to be deeply bound to a deity. While a paladin has this divine power in the form of their oath, a paladin is also a skilled combatant. They have the physical skills necessary to enforce and uphold their oath. It is this physical strength when combined with their divine purpose that makes the paladin such a deadly combatant a role they hold for their entire life. Once a paladin has taken up their oath to fight evil and stand for righteousness, a paladin will fight those forces until the very end, until an injury removes them from being able to adventure or a worse fate comes for the paladin. While a fighter is rare in the world, being an expert in the physical, a paladin is even more rare. A paladin is a well-trained warrior, much like the fighter, but with such dedication, such drive for an oath, it grants the paladin holy powers to drive out evil. Now that we understand the purpose and origin of a paladin, let's discuss their abilities. A paladin, much like the fighter, gets a d10 for their hit die. This makes them solid as a tank, and a paladin is an exceptional tank. We'll discuss why later. When it comes to armor proficiencies, a paladin is the second of the two classes who get proficiencies with all armors for their class, and they also get proficiency with shields. This also supports their role as a frontline fighter, a tank, and their weapon proficiencies, that being proficiency with all simple and martial weapons, supports a striker role, which is very much in the paladin's wheelhouse due to an ability we'll also cover later. In regards to saving throws, they get proficiency in wisdom and charisma saving throws, which is the same set of saving throws a cleric gets, and the same saving throws as one other class we'll cover. While the wisdom saving throw proficiency is less explainable than the charisma saving throw, it comes with classes that usually have to deal with higher powers. In regards to charisma, a paladin relies heavily on charisma, as it is their spell casting ability 
and has an effect on some of their powers and abilities we'll cover. At first level, a paladin can sense the forces of good and evil a number of times equal to 1 plus their charisma modifier between long rests, they can use an action to open their senses to the forces around them. Until the end of their next turn, they can sense the location of any celestials, fiends, or undead within 60 feet of them that are not behind total cover, such as a wall. They can also detect, at that same distance, any place that has been hollowed and consecrated or corrupted and desecrated. This ability allows them to detect any evil threats coming to them that might be trying to hide. It also informs them of the type of threat, celestial, fiend, or undead, but does not reveal the identity of the detected presence. Also at first level, a paladin gets an ability that opens up the support role for them. They get the ability to channel healing energy into them and their allies. The paladin gains a pool of hit points, equal to 5 times their paladin level, which returns to full at the end of a long rest. With this pool, a paladin can use an action to draw from the pool and restore a number of hit points. With this pool, a paladin can use an action to draw from the pool and restore a number of hit points to a single creature they can touch, including themselves, up to the amount of hit points left in the pool at the time of the action. A paladin can also spend 5 points to cure one disease or neutralize one poison affecting a creature. When a paladin does this, they can cure multiple diseases or neutralize multiple poisons in one use of lay on hands, but they have to spend the 5 points for each disease and poison. A paladin also cannot use this ability on undead or constructs. At second level, a paladin gets a suite of abilities, including their most iconic ability. But first, they can make a decision as to how they will act in combat. A paladin gets to choose their fighting style at second level. A paladin gets less choices for their fighting style than a fighter, but they still get to choose between defense, making themselves harder to hit, dueling, giving them extra damage when wielding a single one-handed melee weapon, great weapon fighting, allowing them to deal major damage more consistently while wielding a two-handed weapon, or protection, allowing them to make their allies harder to hit, interposing with a shield between attacks. Also at second level, the paladin gets their spellcasting, since they are half-caster class, meaning they progress in their spellcasting slower than full casters and don't have as much magic available to them. But paladins have many abilities that allow them to do fine without relying on magic. Since they are a half-caster, they get no cantrips at any point, but they are a prepared spellcaster, meaning at the start of each day, they can take some time and prepare their spell list for the day, choosing a number of spells equal to their charisma modifier plus half their paladin level, rounded down. When they prepare a new list, it takes one minute for each level of spell spent in meditation and prayer to set that list. Paladins, like clerics, use a holy symbol for their casting focus. Unlike clerics, though, a paladin does not gain the ability to cast spells through ritual casting. 
At second level, a paladin also gets their most iconic ability, their Divine Smite. This is the ability that turns a paladin from a support tank into a striker in a very potent way. Since the paladin is a half caster and have a limited spell list to choose from, they get another way to use their spell slots. When a paladin hits with a melee weapon attack, they can expend a spell slot to deal extra damage with the attack, dealing 1d8 plus 1d8 per level of the slot expended of radiant damage in addition to their weapon damage to a maximum of 5d8. For example, if a second level spell slot was expended for this ability, 3d8 radiant damage will be done in addition to the weapon damage. When a critical hit is rolled, the extra radiant damage is included when doubling the amount of dice according to the procedure for critical attacks. This damage is increased by 1d8 if the attack is used against a fiend or undead target to a maximum of 6d8. At third level, a paladin has become suffused with divine magics and holy power, and as such, they are not as vulnerable as the average commoner. Similar to a monk, a paladin becomes immune to disease, but a paladin keeps their vulnerability to poisons. Also at third level, a paladin finally enters into the most true form of their oath, devoting themselves to it. This is when a paladin gets their subclass, and some abilities that come with it, including an expanded spell list, with spells that are always prepared, but without taking up the slots a paladin uses to prepare spells, and they get their channel divinity feature. A paladin gets one use of their channel divinity feature, explained in their subclass, per short or long rest. If their channel divinity utilizes a saving throw, it uses the same DC as their spells. As of this talk, there are eight paladin oaths, each with their own tenets describing the beliefs they follow. The oath of devotion is dedicated to honesty, courage, compassion, honor, and duty. They are mostly lawful good, and their abilities are aimed at protecting the good and driving out evil. The Oath of the Ancients is dedicated to being a symbol of good, regardless of rules or society. They are to shelter goodness and be a beacon of goodness themselves. Their abilities are meant to allow the paladin to utilize the power of nature's goodness and turn away those creatures that seek to bring chaos to the peace of the land. The Oath of Vengeance is an oath to fight the wicked and drive back all evil at all costs always taking on the greatest of all evils. Their powers help them hunt down and defeat any evil they may face. The Oath of Redemption Paladin aims to bring peace and sanctuary. They are forgiving, believing all can be redeemed, but they are not fools, and will end a life if the being is too far down the path of evil to be saved. Their abilities reflect this, rebuking violence and protecting the innocent. The Oath of the Crown Paladins are the Law Keepers, putting the laws and rules of society at the forefront, holding themselves and others to the law with abilities and powers that emphasize that. The Oath of Glory is almost self-explanatory. They aim to make their name known and leave their mark in history through their deeds, 
with their abilities spreading a wide range and enhancing their physical attributes. The Oath of Conquest is the darkest of the oaths. Rather than being sworn to protect, they swear to crush their foes and expand empire, aiming to douse the flame of hope. They have these tenets seared into their upper arm, and their abilities are designed for ruthlessness and viciousness. The last oath isn't an oath at all. When a paladin disregards their oath, turning their back to what gave them their power, they become an oath breaker. They are cold, and their abilities allow them some control over undead and the forces of evil most paladins fight against and try to rebuke. At 5th level, a paladin gets extra attack, like almost every martial class. At 6th level, a paladin has become so infused with divine energy, they give off a protective aura, protecting their allies. Whenever a paladin or an ally within 10 feet of the paladin makes a saving throw, they gain a bonus to that saving throw equal to the paladin's charisma modifier. Since the paladin is a charisma-based caster, it is very likely that this will be a decent bump to the paladin's and their allies' saving throws. At level 10, a paladin's strength drives their allies to bravery, creating another aura. Similar to the previous ability, the paladin and any ally within 10 feet of them cannot be frightened as long as the paladin is conscious. Both of these aura abilities and the aura abilities that a lot of paladin oaths get increase their range at level 18, expanding to a range of 30 feet. At 11th level, a paladin's every strike becomes infused with their potent divine energies. Whenever a paladin makes a melee weapon attack, that attack deals an extra 1d8 radiant damage, but this does not affect the damage done by a paladin's divine smite ability, so a paladin can deal a total of 6d8 through a smite, or 7d8 if it's against an undead or fiend, at level 11. At 14th level, the paladin is so driven by their oath, their promise, that they will not let magic stop them or steer them from their course. They gain the ability to simply end a spell affecting them or a willing creature that they can touch. They can use this ability a number of times equal to their charisma modifier and the uses restore after a long rest. If a spell affects a paladin, and the paladin can still take actions, the spell might as well not even really be there. This makes the paladin extremely resilient. A paladin is an extremely versatile class. They pull a striker role incredibly well, their smite being iconic ability utilized to utterly destroy an enemy, especially when a crit is landed, rolling 14d8, 10d10, and 8d6 all at once. If the paladin is using a flame-tongue greatsword, had the spell Banishing Smite on, and utilized a 4th level slot for their divine smite while hitting an undead or fiend. That's the possibility of over 260 damage in a single hit. The paladin's burst damage is almost impossible to beat, with only a few specialized groups being even able to try 
to match it. The Paladin also obviously serves the role as the tank. They get a d10 for their hit die, giving them plenty of health to spend in combat. They also have proficiency with all armors, allowing them to make themselves harder to hit. They are even tankier than their health points might suggest, as they have a healing ability they can use on themselves, and can, in an emergency, boost their health back up by a substantial amount, making themselves even harder to take down. This pairs very well with certain oaths that help protect their allies, so their allies really never have to worry. The healing ability a paladin gets is also what allows them to play a support role as well. They have aura abilities that support, support spells, and their pool of hit points to heal with. They even receive an ability to end spells that are influencing their allies. Since a paladin has proficiency with all simple and martial weapons, they can equip themselves with ranged weaponry, but don't necessarily have the varied abilities to pull a very good spacer role. A paladin, though, pairs quite well with a few different possibilities. A fighter is a boon for almost any frontline class, giving it options in regards to fighting style, and a new resource to pull from in regards to self-healing with their second wind ability, pairing with the paladin's health pool very well. A rogue pairs with the paladin to make a complete striker, with the rogue's ability of a sneak attack adding d6s of damage, which the paladin can stack with their smites. A 20th level character, with 3 levels rogue and 17 levels paladin, utilizing a crit with the paladin smite, their banishing smite spell, and the rogue sneak attack, can deal over 300 damage. A paladin warlock can provide the paladin with a lot of more smite opportunities, but we'll discuss what makes a warlock unique in this regard during a later talk. A paladin has quite a reputation I want to discuss though. Quite often, a paladin is treated as a goody-goody two-shoes. This is a leftover from older editions of D&D. When it was first made into a major class, the paladin was required to be lawful good. They could not be any other alignment and the penalties for going off that alignment were severe. In fact, alignment used to play a much bigger role in how the world works than it does now. Alignment is, for the most part, just a guide on how the creature should act in certain situations nowadays, and the paladin can be more than just lawful good. Neutral good fits an oath of the ancients paladin quite well. Lawful neutral works extremely well with an Oath of the Crown Paladin. Oath of Vengeance just cries out to be chaotic good. And evil is not out of the realm of possibility for a paladin. Of course, an Oathbreaker can pull an evil role quite well, even chaotic evil. But Oath of Conquest also falls into evil. Particularly, Lawful Evil works very well with a Crusader, crushing foes and dousing the hope of the people as they follow the orders of the ruler they serve. A paladin doesn't need to be lawful good. A paladin can act in such varied ways, as long as all those who have to interact with it are okay with how they act. It's time to close up the tavern for the night. I have to prepare for a wilderness trip tomorrow.
I'll tell you all about it next time. Or rather, I'll talk about the kind of people I'll be with. Rangers. Until then, let your word be your bond. And stand up for righteousness and protect those around you. I'd like to thank you for listening. And I ask you to rate us highly on whatever channel you're using to listen. If you want to follow this on Twitter, check out at the Tavern Keep and tweet about us using hashtag Tavern Keep. If you want to support this project, other than sharing it on social media, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Tavern Keeps Guide. I'm Ryan, and this has been the Tavern Keeps Guide. Thank you, and make sure to tip the barmaids.